today on Kingdom Rock Radio. God said, all that power now is in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. The power of God, the fire of God now lives on the inside of you. Today's message is entitled, The Holy Spirit and You. This is the title cut of the series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. The Holy Spirit and You. The Holy Spirit in you. All right, we want to look at, just for a moment, I want to show you this. Uh, okay. Of course, it's just not, I'm not drawing this to scale. <clears throat> All right. If this were the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Okay. Uh, the Bible is going to be, just for our purposes tonight, we're going to say in the Old Testament, Old Testament, and then we will say um, the New Testament. And then there's the in-between section here when it was... What do you call this uh, the middle? Okay, this is going to help you understand. <clears throat> in the, on the, the Old Testament, we saw the acts of God, right? We saw the acts of God, God the Father. We saw the wrath of God in the Old Testament. God was feared. God, God was revered. God in his awesome power, right? God was, uh, really see him feared, Right? In the Old Testament, we saw, we see, see a lot of that. The wrath, you do something wrong, bam, I'm going to get you. You know, visits the, his wrath is upon the third and fourth generations. Okay? But we still know that he had uh, another side, a heart of love and compassion. As a matter of fact, um, Jonah knew about God's compassion, right? That's why he ran to, to Tarsus. Didn't want to go to Nineveh, right? Because he said, I know that if I go there... You're going to forgive those people. And I want you to destroy those people. Right? So he knew, he knew the heart, still the heart of God in the Old Testament. Okay? And then we have in the middle there, we have our Lord Jesus Christ. We have our Lord Jesus Christ. Who came to reveal God as, what's that one word? Anybody? There we go. He revealed him as father. Never, never was it known that God was father in the Old Testament. <laughs> no, 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 you don't see that. We see him as God, the God on Mount Sinai and awesome power and people are afraid. And, you know, that's what you saw of God. But only a few, a select few really knew him. Like Abraham really knew him, really knew who he was merciful and gentle. As we talked about Solomon and Gomorrah on Sunday, Abraham interceded for the city. Hey, are you going to destroy that whole city, all those people, if they're 50 good there? No, I won't do it. They're 40 good there? No, I won't do it. 20 good there? No, I won't do it. So he saw, they still saw the merciful and loving side of God, but only a few knew him that way. So Jesus came to show us, hey, he is father. 
He is Father. And that's wonderful. And then um, Jesus also revealed to us the power and presence of the anybody? Of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Revealed by Jesus Christ. Wonderful. That's why I say this middle section here. The life of the Lord Jesus. We saw, we see the Lord Jesus showed us God as Father. And he also shows us the power, presence, and intimacy of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? <clears throat> That's just wonderful. So we're going to see, we're going to look at this third person of the Godhead uh, who is the Holy Spirit. Remember, Scripture says, Behold, O Israel, your Lord is one. He is one person. And he has manifested himself in three distinct, uh, we could say, characteristics. He is uh, the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Spirit in regeneration, right? Same God. God the Father is all God. God the Son is all God. God the Holy Spirit is all God. But all are one. Okay? One. Wrap your head around that. It's truth. All right, so what we need to look at, we're going to go back into the Old Testament just a little bit and see how the Holy Spirit, um, see how the Old Testament, if we lived in back in the Old Testament, uh, just to see how the people then thought of the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. And then we'll walk it right on up into the New Testament. I think it's better for us to have, we'll have a better appreciation of the Holy Spirit when we visit the lives of those who did not have him the way we have him today. Okay? If we go back in Genesis, the first chapter, Genesis, first chapter, we see this is the first appearance of the Holy Spirit. And let's pray tonight, as a matter of fact, before we really get into it. Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. But Lord, I, I thank you that uh, for this gathering of our family and friends that have come out to hear your word. Lord, I thank you for this faithful few that have come. Lord, I do realize that many places aren't having services tonight. But Lord, I thank you for, for these that have come out in hunger and in seeking your face. Lord, I pray that you would bless them especially tonight. And that you would feed them a word. Feed them a word, O oh God, that would heal whatever ails them. And Lord, I pray for that special anointing tonight. That would bring healing, deliverance, salvation into all of their lives. I call them the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Special wisdom, knowledge, and revelation give to your people this night. In Jesus' name, let your hearts amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. So we see here... <clears throat> We see here that in Genesis, the first chapter, um, verse number one says, In the beginning, God created the what? Heaven and the earth. And the earth was what? Without, without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And who? The whole, right, right, the spirit of God. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Isn't that something? And look at verse number three. And God, what? Said. said. 
So right away we see God the Father, we see the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and we see the Word in manifestation, God said. All right? Now, everything emanates, everything comes from God the Father. He is the source of all things. The source of all things. His Spirit, and we'll see this here, His Spirit is His presence. It is still Him, His presence. When he shows up, his spirit is there. If his spirit is not there, he's not there. Okay? Wherever you see his spirit manifesting, you know that he, that he has approved of something or that he is setting something aside for his use. He's going to empower something. He's going to do something. When you sense his presence, when you sense his presence. So as we see here in the very beginning of it, it says, the earth was void and without form. Now, we could get into a lot of this. There's a lot between Genesis chapter, I mean, verse 1 and verse 2, where we know that God makes everything. Everything God makes is good. Everything God makes is perfect. And never has he made anything that is void and without form, and that was dark. Okay? So something had to happen between verse 1 and verse 2. won't get into all of that tonight. But we see that in verse number two starts the, uh, the reshaping or, the, or the, uh, the formation or the bringing back together of some things that he created. There was some sort of cataclysmic event that took place between one and two. And uh, like I said, we don't get into all that tonight. Maybe later we will. But there was some sort of event that took place between one and two that made the earth uh, void and without form. And uh, how darkness was upon the face of the deep. Actually, right now, the whole earth was, I guess I might as well say it, it was flooded. There was no atmosphere at this time. Just one big ball of, I mean, uh, there was water all the way up into the atmosphere. There was no atmosphere. That's why God had to, had to speak in the atmosphere. Verse number six, and God said, let there be firmament. That's uh, atmosphere. So he caused the waters to recede. There was some sort of global catastrophe that happened there and he caused the waters to recede and and it was dark and that's why it says in verse number three let there be light that was some spiritual light that had to come into place because it was dark darkness covered the whole thing so he separated the light and the dark there isn't that wonderful so we see all throughout this process the holy spirit or the spirit of god was the power behind all of the changes that were taking place okay Behind all the changes taking place, uh, he's the power behind it. So here again, here's God the Father. He's a source of all things, source of all things. His spirit comes and hovers above it all because he's about to make a change, about to make a difference in this area that is dark and this area that is without form, this area uh, without form meaning, meaning without purpose, right? Void. Okay, so the Spirit of God is there hovering over, and then the Lord speaks. There's a word. And as the word goes out, the Spirit of God makes that word come to pass. Okay? As the word goes forth, the Spirit of God makes the word come to pass. It's like the word is like a, um, it's like the blueprints. As the Lord Jesus, you know, comes forth, he is the word, right? And he was made flesh to us, but the word in itself, himself, is like God's blueprint, verbal blueprint. Make this happen. And the Holy Spirit knows the mind and the heart of God. He knows exactly what these blueprints are about to do. Or he knows why God is sending this forth. So he goes forth and he goes to make that happen. He goes to make uh, happen what the Father has spoken. Isn't that wonderful? 
so the Holy Spirit is, a, the Bible says even New Testament, he knows, who knows the heart of God except for the Spirit of God. So he knows God's intention for every word that he speaks. And so the Lord speaks it. He spoke it. And then the Holy Spirit goes around and he makes sure that that thing comes to pass. And that is actually, there is a term in hermeneutics called the law of first mention. You know, however you see something happen first, whatever um, happens first or however something is used first in Scripture, you'll see it, see, see that same characteristic all throughout the Bible. And surely we see the Holy Spirit doing the same thing in our lives, hovering over those dark and deep and those things that are void in our lives and without form and shape. And, and we see him moving about us and correcting and changing and moving and, and making us into the image, into the image that God has called us to be. And that's something how the father speaks salvation in us and says saved healed delivered and the holy spirit moves and he's moving over us and innocent through us making all that word come to pass so we thank god for the ministry of the holy spirit and even right now as we're in this room he the holy spirit the spirit of truth the scripture also calls him also calls him the spirit of christ right uh, he is right now taking these words that God is speaking right now, taking his words, and he's the one who makes the word come to pass in your lives. He, the Holy Spirit, who will lead us, and we'll see, and we'll get into that, lead us into all truth and show us things to come. He, the Holy Spirit. So one thing that I know that we're going to do during, during this series, we're going to have to acknowledge more, uh, we're going to have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit more. Acknowledge the presence of God more. <clears throat> so when we ask the Father, when we ask the Father for wisdom, he's going he's to give you wisdom by way of his Holy Spirit. When you ask him for strength, he's going to give it to you through his, his Spirit. Okay? Um, and oftentimes you'll see when you ask God for something, he'll give you a word. And then his spirit moves upon you to cause that word to come to pass. You'll see the exact same things as here in Genesis. You'll see it all the way through, even to the book of Revelations. Okay, that relationship between God the Father, the source of all things, the Father, the source of all things. And as he speaks, the word comes forth. And the spirit, his spirit, his presence moves upon it to make it come to pass. Okay, so this is a very good um, very good way of starting this as we talk about the Holy Spirit and you and me. All right. So uh, we'll see this in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit came upon individuals. Now, we see him here again in Genesis, the first chapter, uh, verse number two, as reshaping things, molding things, making things, doing the will of God, making it come to pass. And we're also going to see how the Spirit of God moved upon people. Okay. Now, what you'll notice, as you know, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was not upon everyone. He was on the, the prophet and the, and the kings, and, and if he had anybody special, he was on them to do special works, okay, on them. Let me make a little person here. All right, you, you know what's coming. Make a little person. Okay. So the spirit of the Lord was on them. Okay, say it that way. He was on them to do special things there in the Old Testament. 
Oddly enough, I do not find, now I know, I know we've got a lot of biblical scholars in here, but I do not find where the Holy Spirit was, um, well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was on Abraham. But after Abraham, I do see where the Spirit of God moved upon people. Uh, I see him on Moses there in, in Numbers 11 chapter. You can just make special note of these if you want. Numbers 11, 25. Well, the Lord has placed his spirit upon Moses and, and is telling him that he's going to take his spirit that's upon him and put it on the 70 elders. He's coming upon them to do a specific work and a duty. Okay, I'll put my spirit upon you for an assignment. Okay, there's something that you're called to do. I see him there also in Judges, the sixth chapter, uh, verse 34, as the spirit of the Lord, Judges 634. Now you can do a, a do, you can do a search, a Google search or a Bible gateway search, however you want to do it. And you can find every time in the Old Testament where the spirit of the Lord comes upon people. I'm just giving you a few. We see the spirit of the Lord coming upon Gideon here in Judges 634 and, and Gideon blows a trumpet and he rallies the troops. And they begin to go into battle. He gave him supernatural courage. The Holy Spirit came upon him. We see in Judges, the 14th chapter, uh, verses 5 through 7, this is where Samson uh, comes upon a, a young lion and he's roaring at him. And Samson just takes that lion, just rip him apart like he's nothing. You know, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, gave him supernatural strength. You find that several times in life of Samson, several times as it goes on through, where the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And we see here in First uh, Samuel, the 10th chapter, verses, verse number 10, you see where the spirit of the Lord came upon Saul, King Saul, and he begins to prophesy, begins to speak. OK, and of course, in Isaiah, very familiar, Isaiah 61, verse number one, it talks about the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the, to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of, of the prison to them that are bound. So, I mean, we see a great deal, uh, a great deal of what the Lord does, what the Holy Spirit is doing there in the Old Testament. And now, again, let me let me sum that up. Let me sum that up. So we see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament giving, coming upon people to give them courage. We see him coming upon them. Now, this is very important, very important, because as we see, we're looking with Old Testament eyes. We want to look forward. I want us to see how the people in the Old Testament view the spirit of God. OK, uh, when he came upon people, he gave them courage. He gave them supernatural power, strength, wisdom. He gave them special knowledge. Um, uh, he also calls men to utter the words of God, the very word of God himself. He calls them to speak it. And, uh, and it was also a sign uh, to the people that God was with the one who had the Holy Spirit. When the people saw, oh, you've got special power and ability. Oh, you're speaking what God says. Oh, you are God's sent man. You are God's sent woman. You are the one that God's speaking through. And it calls the people to see that person and immediately just uh, bow down to, um, to that person's authority. Uh, if not, they would try to come against it. But then, you know, God would deal with them too. Uh, just ask Jeremiah there. He, he'll tell you. 
Okay, but it caused that one that uh, that had the spirit of God, that was bearing the spirit of God, uh, to be uh, to tell the people that he was approved or sent by God. That was their assurance. God has sent me. I am approved of God because I carry His presence. Okay. Now all these are still true today. Okay. <clears throat> if there is a lack of the Holy Spirit, if there is a lack of His presence. I would be, I would have to lean back and, and look kind of cross-eyed at whatever the person or thing is that says that they are of Christ. <clears throat> okay? If there is a lack of the presence of God, a lack of the Holy Spirit, because here again, the presence of God is his assurance. I'm here. I'm with this. And change is going to happen. Amen. Amen. Okay? I am here to shape and to form and to make this is my approval. When you feel his presence, this is his approval. Now, we won't always feel, physically feel his presence. You won't always feel, but you ought to be able to trace him. Uh, if there's freedom, if there is deliverance, if a life is being healed, if there is notable fruit and change, then these are the signs, hey, that he is here. That he is here. But of course, when we do feel your presence, Holy Spirit, it's really good. It is so, so good. It is good to be enraptured in his presence. It is so good. I, I love to just to get lost in his presence. You know, in the greatest thing, the greatest hindrance that we have really uh, toward uh, his presence and toward the, the supernatural things of God is this sighted realm. The Lord gave us our senses so that we could deal in this body so that we could deal with this realm, so that we could deal with the physical realm. But ironically, it's also the physical realm that, uh, that kind of hinders us or cuts us off from seeing past this and seeing in the spirit. So in deep times of intercession, we're gonna have, we'll have to, and you notice to be true, that you'll have to ignore what you see, ignore what you hear, ignore what you feel, and just pierce through to the other. I like to close my eyes and just ignore, block everything out, and just feel what is really there. Because this stuff here can be deceiving. There's a whole nother world that's around us right now. There's a whole nother world that's going on right now. And it is this veil of the natural things that, is, that hinders us from seeing beyond it. Isn't that something? So we see here again that the Holy Spirit again came upon individuals in the Old Testament. And, just, and here again, these were select individuals, not the entire nation. But to select individuals, the Holy Spirit gave them courage, great courage and and supernatural power, strength and wisdom and special knowledge and and calls men to utter the very word of God. He calls them to prophesy. And it was also a sign to the people of God that the bearer was approved and sent by God for the work for the work. And this is one thing that we pray here. Oh, my God, I pray, I pray, I pray so much. Lord, let your presence be manifested in this place. Manifest your presence. Manifest your presence. Manifest your presence. And I know it's not always with people falling out on the floor. 
although I do like to see people fall down in the floor when they're under the power and influence of the spirit, you know. But I also like when people uh, hear a word and it changes their lives and bondages break and the captives are set free. It's still the self-same spirit. So let's take a walk now into the New Testament. Let's go to John, the 14th chapter, John 14. John 14, and we're going to see how the Lord Jesus here introduces the Holy Spirit in a way that no one else has ever heard of him before. No one else has ever heard of him like this before. The Lord Jesus opens the door. He opens the door to God being our father. He tells him, he's your father now. Pray like this. Our father. Our what? Our father. He is your father. Really? Yes. He loves you. He's your father. Wow. And he, he's about to open the door to us for us to realize and see the beauty of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus thinks so much of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you blaspheme against him, there is no forgiveness. So much of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this. In John 14, let's look at verse 16 through 18. And it says here, you got it? It says, and I will pray the Father... And he shall give you another what? Comforter. Let me write that word down for a second. He will give you, uh uh-oh, let me put that back. He will give you, he will give you another what? Give you another comforter. Right? He'll give you another comforter. Right. All right. Let's go and read uh, that he may abide with you. How long? Forever. Forever. Oh, now people from the Old Testament saying what? Now, remember, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon them for certain things. He come upon them and then he go. Then they need them again and he come upon them, stay on them for a minute until the work was finished and then he would go. Every time, look at the life of of Samson and the others. He would come upon them, and then he would go. He would not remain. He would come upon them until until the job was finished, and then he would go. But Jesus says, hey, I'm going to pray the Father. And here again, he's talking about him as, talking about God, God as Father. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, Right? A comforter that he may abide with you forever. So right away we see we we will have eternal comfort. Eternal. This will last eternally. I will have the Lord Jesus prophesying. Right? Right now he's prophesying because he says, I will uh, pray the Father that he shall give you. At that moment he was prophesying that this would happen. All right? Now that we live in this time, we know that the Lord has already... Uh, we know that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has already already occurred. And then we know that he's already sent. This prayer has been answered. So the this prayer is answered that the Father has sent us this comforter. We're going to talk more about that comforter. 
and that he will abide with us forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, right? Another title, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it seeth him not, right? Neither knoweth him, but ye know him. All right, now here's something different again. For he dwelleth with you and shall be what? And shall be in you. Now they're really freaking out now. This awesome power of God, this awesome power of God, which gives us supernatural power, strength, and ability, which gives me courage, which gives me wisdom, which uh, helps me or which causes me to utter the very word of God, the very word that is on God the Father himself is going to be on me permanently and going to be in me? Wow, they've got to be freaking out now. I'm going to have the spirit of God himself, the same spirit that moved upon the waters in the very beginning that covered the entire planet that formed and shaped the awesome power and presence of God is going to be in me and with me forever. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, they've got to be freaking out. Whoa, hold up. (laughs) This is too wonderful for me. He said, the father's going to send him. He said, for he, uh, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now let's go to John seven. Let's go to John seven. Now we already have the promise of of the comforter being with us being with us and we also have the comforter promise of the comforter being in us the very power and presence of God himself someone said well if that's true pastor why why is it that I'm not seeing more supernatural things happen well for the same reason um that I would tell someone that uh, they, someone down the street say, well, if Jesus died for my salvation, why aren't I saved? Well, you're going to have to believe. You're going to have to hear. You're going to have to hear first and lay hold to that and believe in that and then walk in that. The more we hear a thing, the more we believe a thing, the more we'll see that thing come to pass. The reason that we're not seeing more manifestation is really that our faith is not developed in that area because as our faith is developed more in that area, we'll open up more doors for the Holy Spirit even in our heart and life. There's a difference, and we'll see this. I'm going to zoom ahead just for a little bit because our time is about going up. There's a difference between um, the initial feeling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, As the Lord talks about here, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Every born again believer will receive the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as an earnest. Every born again believer. But then we'll also have the opportunity to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. These are two separate uh, instances. Baptized, talking uh, from the Greek word, what? Baptismo, meaning to immerse, to soak, and to temper. We'll talk a little bit about those two. 
as we go on. But there's a separate experience altogether as we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When a person is born again, we receive the Spirit. We receive the Spirit. And when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, the, we give the Holy Spirit all of us. You understand? There's a difference between me drinking water. Let me drink it now. Praise the Lord. Hold on. Now this water is in me. You can't see it, but it's in me. <clears throat> That's different between me drinking water and me going and jumping in a pool. Okay? I'm jumping in the pool. I can control this, you know, how much of this I put in me. Right? When I'm jumping in that pool, or, no, let me say it this way, I can control the movement of this water. But when I'm jumping in the pool, the water controls me. You know? Or jumping in the ocean, that water going to pull me this way or pull me that way. I have no control over it. Okay? Baptized, being baptized in the Holy Spirit talks about surrender. Giving it all. We receive him and he receives all of us. And he's a gentleman and he's not just going to take over and I'm just going to move you with. No, that's what, that's what the devil did. He's not going to do that. Let's look at a few others. <clears throat> John 7, verse 38 through 39, it says, But he that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, here again talking about our conversion. He believeth on me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly. Okay, this is a promise for the born again believer. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this spake he of the who? Of the spirit, which they that believe on him, what? Should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. At that particular time, he was not yet glorified. Okay, his death, burial, and resurrection had not yet occurred. But once it did occur, all that believe should receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's look at another one. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. We can walk these all day long. 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. I want to establish this in your hearing that every born-again believer is to be a vessel. God prepared us or made us, made the human spirit to contain his presence. He made every human spirit with the ability to contain his presence. You were created to house his presence. Say, say that with me. I was created to house his presence forever. Okay. Now this is um, specifically geared only toward the human race. The angels do not have the capacity to house the presence of God. I'm going to have to jump. I'm going to have to shout and run. No animals, no trees, and all this and that and the other. We were specifically designed to carry God. Isn't that something? Say it with me. I was specifically designed to carry God. 
His very presence. Wow. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, it's a wonder that when we walk outside, the earth doesn't crack. It's a wonder that doesn't lightning. You start lightning when you walk down the street. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We carry God in us. And when we come to that full revelation, oh, wow. That's what the Bible talks about when we get into this about the manifestation of the sons of God. Yes, yes. When we come to realize our full sonship, not talking about gender, of course, but position in God. When we come into the knowledge of that, of who we are, who is inside of us. Oh, my God. What's going to happen then? Let's look. First Corinthians 6. There's a warning here as it starts in and, uh, verse number 18. He says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the what? Is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is where? Which is in you which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. <clears throat> now I love that. So here again, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, of course, when he talks about temple, he's looking back at the Old Testament, at the tabernacle, right? And the behind the veil, uh, right there in the holies of holies where all the awesome of power, all the awesome power of God was. If you step in there the wrong way, step in there sideways, you're going to be dead. Boom. That's why they had to tie a rope right around the high priest, around his ankle, just in case he's not right. He goes in there, we can pull him out. You can't just walk in there. Oh, he's dead. What are we going to do? Uh, but, you know, no, you tie a rope around his leg just in case. So if he dies, we can pull him on out of there. Don't want him to stink up. You don't want his dead body, his carcass to stink up the holies of holies. Okay, that awesome power and presence of God. God said, all that power now is in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. The power of God, the fire of God now lives on the inside of you. Whoo. My, my, my. He said, don't you know that? Know ye not? Know you not that your body, this body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit, of, the, of God's Holy Ghost, his presence? <clears throat> let's look at this again. Uh, let's look at um, 2 Corinthians. I think we'll stop. No, our time is going out. So we'll just stop here for today. And <clears throat> let's just nail that in, first of all. That uh, you are meant to carry, you were created, you were created, you were designed specifically to house the presence of God. I think we need to walk with that realization in us. If we walk in that reality, we were designed from the very beginning. Adam and Eve were designed from the very beginning to house the presence of God. From the very beginning. And see, all of man, whether they know it or not, they don't, they don't know it. They're trying to fill that void 
with all the other things in life. They're trying to fill up, you know, liquor, alcohol, and so forth and so on. Trying to fill that space, that space that was designed specifically for God. And no matter what they try to throw in it, it all just burns up. They can't feel it because it was designed specifically for him. And there's a show on sci-fi channel uh, called Stargate. And there's a special race of people there called the Jafar. They were, they were an alien race, like alien human hybrid race. They were bred or grown uh, with special pouches. And there was this alien symbiote thing that they put in there and they could and they would carry that thing around till it fully matured then they'd do something else right well, you know whatever <clears throat> in other words they were just designed to carry that alien okay that's that's sci-fi yeah that's sci-fi second <clears throat> uh, corinthians the first chapter verse 21 through 22 we'll look at that next time that's a little preview. We're going to talk about the earnest or the deposit of God's spirit that he gives to every born again believer. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.